133, verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And notice that first verse where it says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There are, I mean... Uh, Many, one of the main benefits, I think, of church is the, just the fellowship that we have. I mean, you know, I like good preaching. I like the singing. I like what goes on in the service. But you know what else I like? I like the fellowship. I like the fact that, you know, when I see you all out in public, we're not all hiding from each other. You know, we don't mind seeing each other. You know, I enjoy, uh, you know, having the you know, the fellowships that we, where we eat here at the church or just eating out in town. I like having people over to my house. I like going over to people's house. Fellowship is a great thing. And now some people, they're more of an introvert. They're not really into that. We've had people that have come to this church for years and, you know, they don't really care about, you know, going over to somebody's house and fellowship and all that. I, I don't understand that. That's just not my personality. You know, if you're more of somebody who likes to keep to yourself, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying that's not me. I like fellowship. I love the fellowship with us as Liberty Baptist Church. But not only do I like the fellowship that we have together as Liberty Baptist Church, I love just Christian fellowship in general. I love fellowshipping with other churches. I love visiting other churches. I love going and just watching them. I like going, watching, sitting in on their service, watching how they do things, listening to the preaching, talking to the people in those churches. I just That's just who I am. I like it. I, I like fellowship. If I visit another church, I usually get there early and I leave late. Because I, I like fellowship. It's a good thing. It's good and it's pleasant. And But what is it that's good and pleasant? It's because we're united, aren't we? I wouldn't have a whole lot of fun going and fellowshipping with the Catholics at the Catholic Church. We don't have too much in common. okay? Unless we like the same sports teams or the same food or something like that, you know, we're not going to have much to talk about. And, and I'm the kind of person, I can talk with pretty much anybody. I can find common ground with just about anybody. you know. But at the same time, there are certain things that we have in common. I'll enjoy talking with you more. And if, you know, so, and religion is one of those things. And what I want to preach about tonight is who we should fellowship with. Now, this message that I'm preaching, I'm basically where I'm, what I'm going to be preaching on, what I'm going to be talking about, is I'm going to be preaching about who we fellowship with as a church. But the principles here, I think you can take them and apply them individually in your life with who you fellowship with. Because the truth is, we all have people that we like to fellowship with more than others. And, you know, for example, even in this church, while I think there's a certain level of fellowship that you ought to just have with everybody because we're all part of the same church and we want to be united, you are going to be closer to some people than others. Okay? You know, you don't have to be just close bosom friends with every single person. In fact, even in this church, there might be some people that you as an individual are better off not being too close to because there's your personality and that other person's personality might actually bring out the worst in each other. You know what I'm, you understand what I'm talking about there? Not everyone is totally compatible, okay? But if there's somebody in the church you're not compatible with as a member of Liberty Baptist Church, you ought to try to maintain a certain level of unity and you'll know, love that person, try to help whatever, but you don't have to become super tight with them. Okay? And I think as we talk about who we fellowship with as a church, while I'm talking about these things and I'm giving examples in this area, I want you to try to apply these things individually in your life because I do think they fit across the board. Because we do, as a church, we fellowship with other churches. And I love that. I have always been a social butterfly, I guess you could say, when it comes to fellowshipping with pastors and other churches. I mean, ever since I was you know, growing up, ever since I was able to drive a car, 
if there was a special meeting going on within driving distance of me and I had time to get there after work, I was driving to it. I was always going to revival meetings, conferences. I mean, I, I hated going more than a month without going to some kind of revival meeting or conference. That's just what I did. And if there was a church that maybe was struggling, a smaller church, and they were having a conference and I knew they could use the encouragement, I would try to recruit people from my dad's church to come, you know, hey, let's take a group. Let's take a bus to this church. Let's take, you know, one, you know there was a couple different times we took over 70 people to a church service and man, it really fired that church up. You know, having the building packed out. And, I, and my attitude was, you know, I just want to be a blessing. I enjoy the fellowship. I would love it if these people did it for me. So we do it for them. And sometimes people would return the favor. You know, they would, when we would have meetings, they would bring groups from their church to come. And it was just a time where we could get together and have unity. And you know what? It was a good thing. Because how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I will always just be the kind of person that I will seek to unite with people. I'm not going to compromise, but have fellowship with people. I look for excuses to fellowship with somebody, not for excuses to not fellowship with somebody. That's just not how I am. I'm constantly you know, trying to overlook stuff. And you say, ah, yeah, this pastor's an idiot, but... Yeah, I like them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they you know, they teach this doctrine, but you know, I, I'm always trying to find... That, that's how I am. Some people, they're always looking for an excuse to throw somebody in hell. I'm always looking for an excuse to put them in heaven. All right? that's, just, that's just who I am. That's how I work. And because I, en- I enjoy fellowship. But our church, we should not fellowship with everybody. There's some churches we're not going to fellowship with. And... Uh, I, I want to kind of talk to you about some of the you know, guidelines I have or who I will fellowship and who I will not fellowship with. Because as a pastor of, of this church, you know, you know, who, we should fellow, who we fellowship with, it reflects on this church, doesn't it? So because of that, I need to keep that in mind. I've got to think about the message that I'm sending all of you. If, I, if I'm going to go fellowship with some pastor, if, we're, if I'm going to go preach at his church or I'm going to have him come preach at this church, I need to understand that, that that's kind of an endorsement, isn't it? And is this somebody that I would want our people going online and listening to his preaching? Is this somebody that people who listen to me online that maybe live in his area, that I would, rec- you know, would I recommend that they go to this church? I've got to keep some of these things in mind because it's a it's a reflection on me and my testimony and not just me, but our church. And I want to set an example. So what are some of these rules that when it comes to who I'll fellowship with as a church? You know, meaning, who will I preach for? Who will I let preach for me? You know, What churches would I attend? Things like that. And I think these guidelines that you see, it'll, I think it can help you too as an individual when it comes to who you fellowship with. And so, first off, and this is a big one. I refuse to join any fellowship. I absolutely refuse to join any fellowship. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. Now, there are some organized fellowships that are out there. Some, there are some organized fellowships. I was just in a meeting not too long ago where they were basically... I, I didn't realize it when I went to it, but it basically was a pretty much organized fellowship. And it was this associate... I forgot, I forgot what it what it is, but some association of Baptist churches. And they were pretty much trying to recruit Baptist churches to join this association of independent Baptist churches. Now, from what I understand about this association, it's not that bad. I know some churches that are in this association that are not bad churches that I would probably recommend people go to that I like some of the pastors. But would I ever join that association? Absolutely not. I will not put our church on that list. I would never do. I refuse to join any association. Why is that? Well, in Ephesians chapter five, in verse twenty-three, it says, "For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything." Now, this is about a husband and wife relationship, but notice the comparison it's making. It's showing us here that the church is directly subject to Jesus Christ. 
So do you understand that it would be wrong, it would be inappropriate for us to have anything, any organization, any authority structure that is in between Liberty Baptist Church and Jesus Christ? That would be wrong. We are not going to do that. I am not going to put our church under the kind of pressure where if we start preaching a certain doctrine or we stop, if we don't preach a certain doctrine, then we are going to get kicked out of this fellowship. And some of these churches make a big deal about these associations too. We had some people that came and visited here. They moved to the area several years ago and they asked about that specific association. They asked if I knew about it. I said, yeah, I know about it. And the church that they were from, they were from down in the southern part of Illinois, I think, was a part of that association. And I told him, I said, no, we're not a part of that. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about, you know, have you ever looked into it, thought about joining? I said, I've looked into it. I mean, they seem pretty good, but I said, we won't ever join an association. And I said, there's actually two Baptist churches here, one in Rock Falls, one in Sterling, that are in that association. And guess where they went? They went to one of the churches that were in that association. You know, it did matter to them, but it didn't matter to me. I, I told them, we're never going to join an association. And you say, well, Pastor Tommy, you're a new IFB. Oh, really? Can I please see my uh, credentials for that? Can I please see our certificate? From the new IFB, can somebody please tell me when the new IFB uh, was formed? Can I see its charter statement? Can I see its mission statement? Can I please see its headquarters? Does anybody know where that is? Anybody know where that is? All right. Because well, they've got a web. There's a website out there, and I saw your church's name on it. Yeah. Does anybody know where that website came from? Brother Paul Niven in Canada. Okay. He just put that together. Hey, here's a list of churches that, you know, they believe this, 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 and this. And okay, I believe all those things. If you want to have me on that list, great. But if I ever get kicked off that list, oh well. I didn't, I didn't sign anything. I never asked to be put on that list. And I'm not ashamed to be on that list. I like the churches that are associated with it. All the doctrines that it lists on there, I agree with those things. But did you know that our church is also on uh, militarygetsaved.com. We're listed on there as Independent Fundamental Baptist. Did you know we're on the KJV IFB directory too? Did you know that we're in the phone book under Independent Baptist Churches too? Does the phone book have any authority over us? Absolutely not. So if people are, if people are looking for a certain kind of church, and we fit that criteria. If they want to put me on a list, great. If somebody's looking for a church and they uh, they want to make a list of church with you know blonde haired, blue eyed, slightly balding pastors, hey, I fit that criteria. Put me on the list. But if I decide to get a toupee, I'll get a toupee, and they can just kick me off that list. I, I don't care, or hair implants, or something like that. You know, I you know we are not a part of any fellowship, but I do fellowship with people. And we will continue to fellowship with people, but we will. Ne- I will never join a fellowship. And you hold me against. I mean, you hold me accountable for this. If all of a sudden all these new IFB churches decide, you know what, we we need to start an organization. We're going to start an organization. Here's our charter statement. Our headquarters is in Tempe, Arizona. Pastor Anderson's our pope. And you know what? If you don't get on board with it, you're a reprobate. You know what? I'll be a reprobate. I'm not signing that. I'm not getting on that. We are not, we will never officially join any organization like that because that's not legit. That's not real. That's not what God intended. Whenever people form these things like that, it's just a bunch of losers that get together because they want to give themselves titles. Some guy knows he'll never get elected president, so I'm going to start an association and I'm going to be the president of that organization. You know? Well, he already got president, but can I at least get vice president? You know, can I get some kind of title so I can feel good because pastor's just not doing it for me? That's a bunch of garbage. And it is sad. A lot of these people, their, their goal is good. You know, with this one association, they're thinking, you know, let's come together as churches because they ultimately they wanted to help plant churches in Illinois. It's like, I can't think of, I can't think of what it is. It's, it's kind of a long name. But they wanted to, you know, help get churches planted in Illinois. So they thought if church planners wanting to start a church in Illinois could contact this organization, you know, we as churches in this association, if we all support them, 
It could help speed things up for it. You know, we could partner with them. I mean, you know, I get what they're trying to do. Alright, what they're trying to do is fine, but is that really the way it should be done? Now, actually, you know, one church should be able to start a church. Without other churches. Now, if other churches want to help, great. Whenever we are ready to start another church, we will start a church when we are ready to start a church. And if some of our new IFB brethren want to participate and help or send money, great. We'll take it. But we should never be dependent on that. And I can promise you one thing, I'll never go to them for approval on where we start a church. I'll never go to them for approval on who I put in leadership in that church. I'll never go to them for approval and let them vote on the charter or anything or the constitution or anything like that. We can do that all ourselves. You know why? Because we're an independent Baptist church and Jesus Christ is the head of it. And there is nothing, there are no people that are in between us right here today and Jesus Christ. And there never should be. There is no headquarters. If we have something that we need to do as a church, if there's a decision that we need to make, we should be able to make it. If we want to seek counsel from other people, if we want to get advice from other people, that's fine. But at the end of the day, they have no say. They have, they can offer their advice when we ask for it, but then that's it. So we will never join a fellowship and we, we, it, it, it's wrong, and, uh, but we will continue to fellowship. And if we want to fellowship with some churches that aren't technically new IFB, we'll do it. And you know what we do? Some of them we have to fellowship with them secretly, not because of our crowd, because of the old IFB. You know, there's, there's some old IFB churches out there that we work under the radar with. Okay? But that's not because of our crowd. That's because of their crowd. Okay? We still love those people. We'll still help them wherever we can. But right there, that's one of the problems I have the old IFB. I don't, I don't like people telling me who I can fellowship with. And that brings us to the second point. Turn over to 3 John chapter 1, uh, verse 9. Look what it says here. It says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if, he come, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Now think about this. Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among men, if he is doing this in his own church, where he's telling everybody in the church who they can fellowship with, how much worse would it be for someone outside of our church to tell us who we can fellowship with? And in the old IFB, I, one of the reasons I distanced myself from that crowd is because they were trying to tell me who I could fellowship with. They actively tried to tell me I got rebuked by multiple people just because Pastor Anderson did a Facebook post promoting our church. I got hammered for that. Why? You know, we're going to have to have a discussion about whether or not we can fellowship with Post Rivers. And, and it's funny. I was fine for three years I, I fellowshiped with these people as a Post Trivers. But when I started fellowshipping with other Post Rivers. I got kicked out of the club just like that, you know. And you know that's fine, you know. That was the best thing they ever could have done for me. It was kick my backside out of their crowd. Uh, I, I thank I thank God they did it. But I decided then and there I will never fellowship with anyone who will tell me who I can fellowship with. Now people think, you know, Pastor Anderson tells me who I can fellowship with. He has never one time I, in this crowd that we run with. There's only been a couple instances I've ever even seen where anyone has tried to tell people who they can fellowship with. One time was Kenneth McCraney. And some of you remember how that ended. He didn't like Pastor Boyle. Now, he wouldn't have known who Pastor Boyle was had I not been friends with Pastor Boyle. And he starts attacking him because he wasn't new IFB enough. And you know what? I came down hard on that man. I told him, and he recorded the whole conversation, and I ended up getting that recording. So I've got proof of this. 
I told him, I said, if you're going to attack people just because they're my friend, and I said, because you wouldn't have known who he was. You think because we're friends, you now have the right to come after people who are my friends. I said, if that's how it is, I said, I have nothing to do with you. I said, I will have nothing to do with you if you are going to attack because you think you're associated with me. He was worried that because he knew people in his church listened to my preaching and that, you know, they might start listening to Pastor Boyle's preaching too. And I said, okay, fine. If you're worried about my association making you look bad to the point you're going to attack people that I like and that I associate with, I said, I have nothing to do with you. I said, I'm not going to be, I, I have no connection with you. We are, we are not connected. And, you know, he, we don't have anything to do with each other anymore. The only other clown I ever saw doing anything like that, Adam Fannin did some of that. Not with me, but with Pastor Perry. One of Pastor Perry's friends that he had come preach for him. Pastor Perry also, he has some friends that come preach for him that aren't new IFB certified. That, you know, because he's just an independent and he's had some guys come in that he likes that maybe don't fit, you know, every little thing, dot all their I's and cross their T's. And so what does Fannin do? He goes and he does a sermon clip attacking this guy and bashing this guy. He never would have even known who that guy was had it not been for the fact that Pastor Perry had him come preach to his church. Oh man, we got a new IF guy having a non-new IFB guy preaching in his church. I'm going to go investigate him. And you know, you know how many of these guys Pastor Perry's had come through his church that I've investigated? Zero. I, I don't care who he has come through his church. I trust him. And it's between him and his church who he has come through there. I don't care. And it's the same thing with any of the other pastors who they have come through and preached for them. You think I'm going to grill them over that stuff? Do you think I'm going to go Facebook spying on these guys? Well, I wonder what their doctrinal statement says. That is up to them. If I'm worried about what those guys preach or who they have come in, I don't need to worry about it unless I'm thinking about having it in myself. And... The day that this crowd starts telling me who I can have come preach is the day I'm going to say, see you later. And I just had my dad preach a couple weeks ago. You know how many people's permission I got for that? None. You know, we had Pastor Dale Hart that preached a little over a month or so ago. Where does he stand on every issue? I don't know. I like the guy. It seems like his doctrine's good. He's a good preacher. I'm going to have him come preach. And he did a great job when he was here. I'll probably have him come preach again. You know how many people's permission I got to have him come? Zero. You know how many references I got from him before he came? Zero. And if anybody tries to rebuke me for having him, they better have some serious goods on him. They better find out he murdered his grandma or bashed his dad's head in or something like that. I mean, if they're going to... If they're going to get on to him for some picky little thing because he doesn't dot his I exactly right or cross his T exactly right and they're going to give me grief about something like that, then you know what? I'll give them the McCraney treatment and I will no longer be associated with them because that is none of their business and I am not going to burden myself with that. I had enough of that junk from the old IFB. And I let those people you know, intimidate me from fellowshipping with people and being public about certain things for way too long, and I'm never going back to that. And I will continue to have... And I would have more old IFB guys come through here if they weren't terrified to come. But they can't. Because if a lot of these guys who know me and that like me, if they came and preached in my church and the wrong people saw it, they would get in big trouble. Now, I don't hold that against them. Okay, I don't expect these these friends of mine to you know take a beating for the post trib doctrine when they don't even agree with me on it. I don't expect them to take a beating for the pro Jew doctrine when they don't believe on believe that, or even the reprobate doctrine. If they don't believe that, I don't expect them to take my beating for that. And even though these guys don't agree with it, but yet I'll still fellowship with them, they will get the snot beat out of them for all of those things. Because that's that crowd. They'll get the pre-trib mafia coming after them. And they know it. And, and But I'm, I'll still, I'm still overlooking it. I want to fellowship with people that much, even if they're going to get intimidated by the old IFB mafia, I'll still be friends with them. I'll just keep it under the radar. 
But once again, I'm not keeping it under the radar because of my crowd. I'm keeping it under the radar because of their crowd. And if they want to fellowship with people who are going to tell them who to fellowship with, that's fine. It won't be me who tells them who to fellowship with. It'll be, it'll be the other side that does that. Because I don't want people telling me who I can have preach. I don't want people telling me who I can preach for. And so I'm not going to do that to other people. That's wrong. And you know, when it comes to you as an individual, you shouldn't be friends with somebody who wants to tell you who to be friends with. Have you ever had one of those friends? They want to be your only friend? That's weird. Okay? And little kids often get like that. Well, if you're going to be her friend, you can't be my friend. Okay? You're supposed to get over that stuff in grade school. But there's a lot of 50, 60-year-old preachers that haven't gotten over that yet, and I find it very revolting. It's, it's kind of funny when little kids act like little kids, but it's, it's revolting when grown men act like little kids. It makes me sick. But third, I refuse to fellowship with someone of questionable character or integrity. What does it say in the qualifications for a bishop? In 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 7, it says, And moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without. Okay? We want to fellow. I want to fellowship with people who have a good testimony. Now, you say a good report. What does that mean, Pastor? You have a terrible report with them that are without. Have you looked at the internet lately? You know, <laughs> have you have you seen some of these websites that are out there? Well, understand who your bad report is with matters. Okay, if your bad report is from a bunch of sodomites, that's not really a bad report. Now, if the sodomites love you, that's a bad report. Okay, if if, if you know if the Ruckmanites, okay, the two people that hate me the most, the Ruckmanites and the sodomites, okay, if the Ruckmanites have a bad report about you, is that really a bad report? No. Okay, they cast out your name as evildoers. So you know you got to use some common sense here, which a lot of people lack. But here's the thing: if somebody, I mean, this is legitimately a bad report. If this guy has a reputation for being a pervert, if this guy has a reputation for just being dishonest and a fraud, you know, and all, all these terrible things, I don't, I don't want that attached to me. Because I'll tell you what, while I might be a hard preacher, while I might preach hard on against reprobates and things like that, fine, I'll associate with guys like that, but I'll tell you one thing, I'm not, I'm not a pervert. So I'm not going to associate with perverts. If I find out they're a pervert, I'm going to quit associating with those guys. I don't want that being attached to me. And you know, and think, and you know, just because you question someone's character too doesn't mean I do. Because some people say that, well, you said you won't, you know, fellowship with people of questionable character. Well, I have several questions about some of the people that you fellowship with. Oh, really? Where'd you get those questions from? Was it from something you heard preach, or for something you heard Sam Gipp say from the pulpit? You know, where did you, you know, where did these questionable things come from? From your actual personal experience, or from on a website about them? Made by one of their enemies. Okay, you've got you've got to consider the source of some of these things. Well, I just get a really bad feeling about him. And Keith Gomez said this to me about Stephen Anderson. He said this to me about him. He said, "I don't know exactly what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something wrong with that man. And I believe eventually it's going to come out, and you're not going to want it attached to you." And I just told him, I said, "Okay, so you have this feeling." It's not based on any facts. I said, should I, I, I asked him, I said, should I hold Pastor Anderson accountable for your feelings? I said, how is that fair? But that's what he wanted me to do. And I've had several people tell me that. Oh, I've just got a really bad feeling. And I'm usually right about these things. Oh, okay. Alright, so what if somebody comes to, you know, and think about it. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, okay? What if it was you? Okay, or what if it's me? And there's somebody out there saying that I'm attracted to pumpkins, okay? And I'm like, you know, if, if that if it's if it if it's me, you know, do is that fair for somebody else to hold me accountable because some fat lesbian just made up a rumor out of thin air? So well, I'm not saying that, but you know, I'm just saying we don't know. And you're going to hold me accountable for something that came from the warped mind of a sodomite. You're going you're to hold me accountable for that? But that's what these people want me to do. I've got a feeling this guy's a pervert. 
Therefore, you should stay away from them. Sorry, that's not good enough. Okay? But if I personally have seen something, if I personally have cause for concern, you know, then I will take note of that. And if they do have questionable uh, character integrity, I'm not going to get caught up in that. So, just because you question someone's character doesn't mean I do. Same thing with somebody in the church. Pastor Tommy, I think this church and the person in the church is a child molester. Oh, really? Do you have any evidence for that? Because before I go ask somebody in the church, hey, are you a child molester? You better have something pretty good because that could have hurt that person pretty good, couldn't it? Could that not hurt? I mean, how would you feel if I came to you, you know, and I just said, so and so, are you a pedophile? Why would you say that? There's people in the church that think you might be. They think you look like one. They think you act. How would that make you feel? That would make you feel horrible. So the thing is, just you got to understand if you have a suspicion, make note of that. You know, you can keep your distance. You can watch your kids around that person. But before you go spreading something like that around, you better have some real hard evidence. You better you, know, you better have seen that dude trying on a dress in the store or you know something 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 good. You know, walking down the street in high heels. You know, you better have some kind of actual evidence. Uh, you know that this this guy might be a pervert because that could be very devastating to somebody, and that's what the old IFB does. They tell they have told me on multiple occasions, I have this terrible feeling about this person. Therefore, you stop fellowshipping with them. I'm sorry, that's just foolish. That's just wrong, and I'm not going to go along with that. So, but if I question it, if I've got a problem with it, then I'll keep my distance. But if it's if I don't have any evidence. I'm not going to go tell everybody, hey, you know, you shouldn't fellowship with this pastor because I get a creepy feeling by him. Okay? I have no right to do that without any evidence. That is a very wicked thing to do because an accusation without evidence is nothing. Y'all understand that? An accusation without evidence is nothing. I know we live in the United States of America and we got a lot of Democrats in this country that want to just throw out an accusation, zero evidence, and then demand that you provide the proof. That's exactly what they do. And they do that with me. They literally, on purpose, make up a rumor. Hey, let's do this. Let's say this. And then everybody's demanding that I answer it. Sorry, I'm not a Democrat. I don't work that way, okay? And I'm not a stinking Republican either. I'm a decent human being. Therefore, I am not going to hold somebody accountable for something without any evidence. An accusation without evidence is nothing. If you, you have nothing if you have no evidence. I can accuse you of anything. I can accuse you of killing JFK. If I have no evidence for that, it's nothing. And I shouldn't say anything about it. I ought to keep my mouth shut. That's just that's the world where decent people live and I refuse to live in another world. But I also refuse to fellowship with those who are just going to bring me down. Look at Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 24. It says, make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his way and get a snare to thy soul. You see that? We got, who we hang around with is going to rub off on us. We will be affected by those that we run with. You as an individual, us as a church, me as a pastor, who I run with as a pastor, it's going to rub off. That's why I don't hang out with the skinny jeans pastors. I don't want to wear skinny jeans. I don't want to dress like a queer. I don't want to start talking with a lisp. I don't want any of that stuff for me. See, and I'm not, I wouldn't look good with my hair spiked up. It lo- that looks bad when you're going bald. So I'd probably have to go with the shaved head look, you know, to even come close to fitting in with the training. I just, I got too big of a head for that even. So I'm not going to do that. I, you know, I'm not, I do not want that rubbing off on me. You know, I don't, I, I got to be careful hanging out with the old IFB because they're so stinking weak and lame. And I don't want to just be pathetic. I don't want to just be, you know, a bump on a log. I, I want to actually be accomplishing something. So I got to be careful with that kind of thing. But there are there's some people that are going to bring you down. And when it's saying make no fellowship with an angry man, because if he if, if you're hanging on somebody that's losing their temper, they're always angry. They always have a bad attitude. You're going to have a bad attitude all the time too. And we've all been there. Have you ever worked with somebody like that? Sometimes you can't help it. 
Have you ever worked with that person that just brought you down? You know, you just hope and pray, I hope I don't work next to this person today. Like, because they bring you down because they're so negative. You better watch out for that. And while we want to be a good influence to others, we cannot put ourselves in compromising situations. Okay, And as a pastor too, I want to be a good influence to other pastors. But I can never put myself in a compromising situation. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. There are some things that just aren't going to go together. There are some things that's just a train wreck waiting to happen. And for what? A lost person marrying a saved person. That's an that's a accident waiting to happen. Us fellowshipping with the Catholics. That's an accident waiting to happen. Okay, But there are... now. So when it talks about being unequally yoked, does this mean that we you know, all go build a commune somewhere so we are never around lost people? We don't work with lost people. We don't talk to lost people. No, that's obviously not what God wants. We want to be an influence on this world, don't we? But we cannot allow ourselves to be put in a compromising situation. So you need to understand that. And this here, this could be different for different people. Some of you, you might be strong enough that you could have some lost people over to your house for dinner and you could try to be a good influence and you would be a positive influence on them. Some of you, you might not be a positive influence. You might struggle with that. If there are people who drink and cuss, you might not be a strong enough personality to tell them you can't do that while you're here. You know, you, they might be more influential where they could potentially tempt you to do bad stuff. If that's the case, don't have those people over for dinner. You know, me as a Baptist preacher, you know, I, there's people I feel like I could fellowship with and not compromise. But, you know, maybe other preachers can't. You know, I, I can't fellowship with somebody like that. If I fellowship with the old IFB, I'll probably get drug into that. Okay, well then you don't need to fellowship with the old IFB. I'm pretty sure I can handle it. To a certain extent. Okay? Yeah, and I, so I've got to be careful with that. I'm not going to allow myself to be unequally yoked. I'm not going to put myself at a disadvantage. And one of the ways I can put myself as a disadvantage is if I join one of their organizations. And I don't need I don't need to do that if I decide I want to move up one of their ranks. You know, I, I want to move up I, I want to get I want to get a speaking spot at the National Revival Revival Fires Conference. Well if I do that, I'm gonna probably have to make some compromises. I'm gonna to have to make some changes. I'm gonna end up putting myself at a disadvantage. Now if I want to go to a Revival Fires Conference, I'll go to a Revival Fires Conference. And I won't think I'll be at a disadvantage. I said just a couple months ago, I went up to Rockford. Uh, Brother Coral was up there preaching at a church there, a church planters conference. I went to it. You know how many of my pastor friends I got permission to go to it? Zero. And I went and I enjoyed the fellowship. I enjoyed the preaching. It wasn't as good as the preaching in our crowd. But I, enjoyed, I, I didn't care. I, I, I enjoyed the fellowship. And when I was in the old IFB, you know, there was some good preaching in the old IFB, but it was usually more for the fellowship than anything else. Especially with certain preachers. There were certain preachers, they were going to be preaching, I'm like, I tell my wife, yeah, we'll still go because I like the people there, it'll be good fellowship. Preaching's going to stink, fellowship's going to be good. <laughs> I, do, I, like, I like fellowship. It's, it's, just, it's who I am. But I also refuse to fellowship with those who want to force fellowship. Okay? Proverbs 25 17, withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee and so hate thee. Okay, some of y'all need to understand, once again, not everybody's compatible with each other. Not everybody in this church is going to want to be your best friend. And not every preacher that's out there is going to want to be my best friend. Did you know that there's, there's preachers out there, I hate to admit this, that just don't like me and that doesn't make them bad people. That's just all. That's all there is to it. Not everybody is compatible with each other. But when you try to force fellowship, it's very off-putting. And have you ever had that person to just think, you know, I want to be your best friend? 
Okay, that's that's weird. All right, you don't just go up to somebody and say, "Can I be your best friend?" No, things like that just happen. Okay, and you're talking about forcing fellowship. You know, anybody know who I'm thinking of on that? You know, Bill McGregor. You know, just you know, he 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 wanted he was just trying to force it so bad. And there's other guys out there. I probably I I probably should name. I'm not going to name. So there's other guys out there. It's like they're just trying to force the fellowship. It's like, dude, just chill. All right. I'm sorry, but I just don't like you. Okay. And it doesn't mean they're a bad guy. But there's some guys out there that are just a little too effeminate for me. I don't like them. You know, their pants are too tight, their voice is too high. That doesn't make them bad people. But you know, you make me nervous. I don't want to be good friends with you. Okay? You know, there's some things that you preach I don't really want to be associated with. Doesn't make you a bad person, but I don't want to be friends with you. But when you're trying to force yourself to be friends with me, you creep me out. And that's, that's a universal truth. Anybody who tries to force themselves to be your best friend, doesn't that freak you out when they do that? I don't want that. Nobody wants that. The right kind of friendships just happen. Don't ever do that. Don't do that to people. Don't force them to be your friends. You know, how dare you not be my friend? And then when they refuse to be your friends, you're stalking them and sending them emails and you know, they wake up at night, see you staring in their window, and just you know, like one of these horror movies or something like that. Don't, don't be that way. Uh, that's Bill McGregor. You know, uh, no, he, he, he's kind of he's kind of like that. I can just see those big eyes, you know, just kind of staring in your window, figuratively speaking. Uh, it, 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 we, he weirded everybody out with that. Tried to be nice to that guy, but man, it was it was just weird how bad he wanted to fellowship with everybody. It's like, dude, you got got to give us a chance to get to know you. And the problem is, we got to know him. <laughs> turn out, turn out to be an absolute nut job. But you know, I want to be—I want to fellowship with people I like. There's some people I might not necessarily like their position on everything. They might not be everything that I think they should be. But you know, I like them. I believe they're good people. I believe they're going in the right direction. I believe they love the Lord, and I want to fellowship with them. They're—they're they're good people. I like them. There are a lot of old IFB, old IFB pastors that I like. I like a lot. I don't agree with all their doctrine. You know, I wouldn't necessarily go to all their churches, but I like these people. I care about them. And I'll, I'll fellowship with them. I enjoy them. And, but there are some people that I just don't like. But once again, not everybody that I don't like is a bad person. Y'all understand that? And there, there can be people in this church that you dislike personally. That doesn't make them a bad person. Doesn't necessarily make you a bad person unless you're trying to run them out of our church because you only want people you like. Okay, that that's bad. Then it's bad at that point. But you know, nobody expects you to be close friends with somebody you don't like. Don't marry somebody that you don't like. Well, we're compatible. We're you know we're the right. Age. She's the right age. She's got the right looks. She's the right religion. I don't really like her, but on paper we're compatible. You know, eHarmony matched us up, so I'm going to marry her. Dude, don't marry a girl that you don't like. You need a, if you're going to live with her, you need to like her. That's that's very important. Not just love her. You need to like her. Okay and. That's that, you know that's some that's some good advice right there. But same thing with people. He felt some people's personalities clash. It doesn't mean that one of them are bad. But you know I want to fellowship with people I'm close to doctrinally. He, you know, I'm, I'm going to go through this real quick. But Hebrews six uh, one and two says therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands and of the resurrection of dead and of eternal judgment. Right here, he's naming, in this passage, we're not going to go through all of it, he's naming off these kind of basic key doctrines. And he's saying in this passage, alright, now it's time to move on to some things. Let's go into some of the deeper stuff. And that's what he does in the book of Hebrews after that. He goes into some of the deeper things. Well, you know what? When it comes to fellowship, you know, if people are close to me doctrinally on the basics, I want to fellowship with them. People who are close to me doctrinally on some of the things that are less important. I want to fellowship with them even more. 
Why? Because we have these things in common. We're united on these things. And, and when you're united on, you know, kind of across the board, it's great. It's good. It's pleasant. But I can still enjoy myself and have good and pleasant time in unity as long as we're united on the Word of God, the King James Bible. I do not fellowship with people who are not King James only. Now, are there some people who are not strong King James that are saved? Of course there are. You know, that are, you know, maybe they're weak, maybe they correct the Bible sometimes. I think there, I think there's guys out there that are saved that are a little weak on it. Do I want to fellowship with them? No. I, I just don't want to. You know, but say, you know, if, if they're King James, you know, that, that's a big thing. If they're not right on salvation, I don't want to fellowship with them. What's the point? If they're not worshiping the same Jesus, you know, if they're some modalist, I don't want to fellowship with them. You know, if if they, you know, if they, you know, if they, you know, there's certain things in there, even when it comes to church behavior, you know, what, you know, I don't want to fellowship with the CCM guys. Are there some guys who use contemporary Christian music that are saved that preach the right gospel? Yes. Do I want to fellowship with them? No. I'm too disgusted by that music. I find it revolting. I don't want to fellowship with them. There doesn't mean they're bad guys. It doesn't mean they're going to hell. I want to fellowship with people I'm united on. Do I want to fellowship, you know, with pastor, you know, a pastor who maybe dresses like a trendy, but preaches right doctrinally? Not really. I I find that awkward. You know, would you break fellowship with a guy just because he wears skinny jeans? I wouldn't. You know necessarily call him out publicly and say, I have nothing to do with this individual, but I will keep my distance from a pastor who wears skinny jeans. I, I just don't want to fellowship with somebody like that. If you want to dress like a queer, you know, that's just that's something where we're not going to be united on. And I doesn't mean they're all bad. It just means I don't want to fellowship with them. Because you see, there's, there's some people too that are out there right now that are dangerously close to us in certain areas. They look a lot like us, but they're off on other areas that I just don't want to have anything to do with. So I, I you know, we're not gonna, we're not going to fellowship with those churches, just because I think it would send a wrong message. They look too much like us, but there are some major problems that I have with them. Okay, when Punk Kyle starts his church, I don't know if you heard about Punk Kyle's church. Okay, he's a post-trib replacement guy. Do you think I'm going to fellowship with that guy? Do you think I'm going to want to be associated with a punk like him? Absolutely not. Especially when his co-pastor is Hector Alvarado. I don't know if you're familiar with these guys, but I'm telling you right now, yeah, there's some certain things that we have in common, but I'm telling you, I would fellowship with the most pre-trib, pro-Jew, Baptist, old IB guy in the world before I would fellowship with Punk Kyle. And some of the things where he's close to us is what makes him dangerous. So keep my distance from him. We are in no way connected. We are not friends, and I'm not going to have anything to do with him. Now, there's other guys that are out there that too are a little off, but you know, they, you know, they're not quite in the punk Kyle camp. You know, he's just he's way off on some things, but. I'm trying to avoid naming some of these guys because I'm not convinced they're all real bad guys. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I'm trying to think of how to say it in a nice way. Maybe I should just let her rip. But, yeah, I, I just I don't want to be attached to you. I don't want to be associated with you. you know, and so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep my distance. I'm not going to attack you. I don't want to say bad things about you. I don't want to call you out from the pulpit, but I don't want anybody to think we're friends either. There's a lot of guys that are out there like that, you know, in, in the old IFB especially. You know, so there, there's some people that are a mile off, but they're trying. They're coming in the right direction. I want to try to be a help to those people. I want to be an influence to those people. I might not necessarily let them come and preach for me yet, but doesn't mean I wouldn't have some kind of fellowship with them. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be friends with them, talk to them, you know, try to be an encouragement. You know, there's there's certain things that must be there. KJV salvation, you know, separation. You know, I I don't want our world is getting way too gender neutral. 
I don't want to fellowship with a pastor who does not practice separation in his clothing for, for him and his wife. I don't, I don't want that. I want him to be old-fashioned and all those things. That's important. So, but ultimately, you know, and this is you know, not an exhaustive list, but ultimately, we ought to try to surround ourselves with good influences. That's the thing we ought to be looking, we ought to be looking for, good influence. Say, who's going to make me better? I shouldn't try to be a part of a group of people of inferiors so I can feel like the superior one. I don't want to fellowship with everyone that I'm better than. I want to fellowship with people who are better than me. I want, I want to fellowship with people who are going to challenge me and push me to do more. Cause, and I want to be a good influence. And, you know, cause the truth is, we're going to need them. There's times you get down, you get discouraged, you need that help. And sometimes they're going to need us. And the world, it's rallying together right now against God's people. And it's important that we encourage each other and stay faithful to Christ's return. And fellowship is one of the ways that we do that. And it's a good thing. It's good and it's pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. And as long as we keep this fellowship right in the right place where it should be, we will continue fellowshipping with other churches, but we will never join a fellowship. We will never claim a name. I will never sign a charter. I, you know, I'm not going to fill out a questionnaire so I can you know, be a part of some group. not going to do that. That's not right. Jesus Christ is the head of our church and we want nobody... Nobody in between Liberty Baptist Church and Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You so much for Your Word. I pray that this was a help and an encouragement to everyone. I pray You'll help us, Lord, to fellowship with each other. Help us to be positive influences on each other. I pray we'll be positive influences to those around us. I pray as a church, we'll be a good influence and that we will only allow good influences in our life, Lord, because I pray we'll surround ourselves with people who are better than us. So we will be challenged uh, to be better and ultimately to be more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Let's turn to page 540.